Welcome to NoClip. I'm Chad Rowan. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Kinney. And today we're going to be talking about Guitar Hero and Rock Band as a series. Um, so, starting in 2005 with the original Guitar Hero, uh, which was published by, or developed by Harmonix, we have Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 2 in 2006, and then Neversoft picks it up with Guitar Hero 3 in 2007, Guitar Hero World Tour in 2008, Guitar Hero 5 in 2009, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock in 2010, and Guitar Hero Live in 2015. There are some, <clears throat> some spin-off games including Guitar Hero Aerosmith, Guitar Hero Metallica and Van Halen, Guitar Hero Encore Rocks the 80s, uh, Guitar Hero Smash Hits, and Band Hero. And then is that all the that's hero? all the guitar hero? So we can move to the right. All right, I'm surprised that band hero actually counts. Yeah, because it, it was a hero game, you know, the hero series. But DJ hero, hero doesn't get in any of these lists. That is weird, actually. Oh, you know what? Guitar Hero on tour, Guitar Hero on tour decades in 2008, Guitar Hero on tour modern hits in 2009, Guitar Hero three mobile, <laughs> Guitar Hero three backstage pass, Guitar Hero world tour mobile, Guitar Hero five mobile, Guitar Hero. K- Guitar Hero what? What is that? K- Carabiner? Like the, <laughs> like the keychain? I need to look this one up. We do. I'll, I'll Guitar Hero Arcade and Guitar Hero on iOS were all also things that it, that happened, but those are deeper spinoffs on mobile platforms. I may need someone Did to spell Carabiner. Did you do that on purpose? This is a joke. I didn't, actually. That just kind of panned out that way. All right. And also, this list still does not include DJ Hero or DJ Hero 2. All right. And while JJ looks things up about... Like how to spell carabiner. Yes. Uh, on the Rock Band side, we had Rock Band 1 in 2007, Rock Band 2 in 2008, Rock Band 3 in 2010, and Rock Band 4 in 2015. And then we have the band-centric category. Right. The, the Beatles Rock Band in 2009, Green Day Rock Band in 2010. And then for spin-offs, we got Lego Rock Band in 2009 and Rock Band Blitz in 2012. And then portable games, <laughs> we have Rock Band Unplugged 2009, Rock Band Mobile 2009, Rock Band iOS 2009, Rock Band Reloaded 2010. And then we have Rock Band Track Packs Volume 1 right. 2008, ACDC Live 2008, Volume 2, 2008, Classic Rock, 2009, Country, 2009, Metal, 2009, <laughs> and Country 2, 2011. Yeah. That yeah. is all. <laughs> and those, uh, those uh, song pack things, were they were just DLC for people who didn't have a connection to the internet. Because in 2009, that was an actual concern. Yeah. 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 It's really crazy to think about how, I guess... What's the full, so what's the full year range that we're dealing with here? From the first Guitar Hero, excluding the 2015 reboots and nonsense. Well, like 2011 is when things died, I remember. Yeah, more or less 2011 is the end of the like era of them being annual releases. Mm-hmm. 2000, like the actual span of the series is 10 years. It, okay. With Rock Band 1 coming out, in, or sorry, with uh, Guitar Hero 1 coming out in 2005. And both Guitar Hero Live and Rock Band 4 releasing in 2015. So they have the, the true madness happened in about like a six year span, yeah. which is of course dominated by Guitar Hero Carabiner, the most literal of what? Guitar Heroes. Yeah, I looked it up. It's like a hit clips for wow. It ha- apparently has thirty second to a minute long clips How of do you ten hold songs. That? 
Uh, in you shove your hand up in the thing? What are you talking about? How do you hold it? It's that? a carabiner. It's like the size... It's like oh, this big. Gotcha. It's just a keychain. Yeah, it's like a Tamagashi. It's like a Tamagashi. I don't know things about stuff. You could... Okay. <laughs> this is going to be another thing it. that I'm going to have to throw a photo of in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Um, For all those people who are as stupid as me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, that picture had no scale at all. That's true. Here's yeah. your scale, right here. Here's your hands. There we go. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I got it. We'll use that picture that he just showed you the scale in the show notes. Anyway, so if we want to look back at this series, which um, is, we what don't. is what we're doing, <laughs> uh, uh, you have to start basically with Harmonic's first real, like, uh, the first game that, that actually kind of took hold, and that was. Um, Frequency. Focus. <laughs> uh, and Frequency was a rhythm game, uh, as the name Harmonics probably implies. They're primarily, or exclusively really, a rhythm game developer. So Frequency and its sequel Amplitude were games where colored gems flew down a track at three like prongs in the middle, and you would press one of the face buttons or a shoulder button to trigger them, and then like you had to hit them on rhythm and it would clear tracks as you progressed. If that sounds familiar, it's because it is exactly what turned into Guitar Hero. So when we get to Guitar Hero 1 in 2005, we're looking at exactly the same gameplay as Frequency, basically, with two additional slots on the track. But then, the genius idea that they had was to hire Red Octane, uh, who had developed the Guitar Freak, like, <laughs> arcade game peripherals to create plastic guitars to play their game with. Yeah. And this proved to just be a sensation. People, like, because when, 2005, I would have been in junior high or high school? Yes, yeah, so yeah, it would have been your freshman year of high school. Yeah. yeah. So high school is when this came out, and people my age were super into it. Anyone who saw it, that was younger than me was super into it. And it definitely went all the way up through college-age people. Cause yeah, my sister won a whole lot of money playing this game in bars. <laughs> I even know that was a thing that people did. It was for a very brief period of time, I think, people did. But yeah, the, it just goes to show, as anyone who played like Frequency or Amplitude will tell you, that if you actually played those games, they were really fun, but if you looked at those games, they were just sort of confusing alien messes. Like, no one... They were very, very off-putting to look. And even I don't think I got through like more than an hour. And it was only after prodding and virtually everyone who knows anything about games being like, oh, you're going to play these things. It's so good. The thing with uh, Frequency and Amplitude, and the reason that they kind of failed in creating a sensation, I, like I feel like there's probably a desire for rhythm games just because they're such a simple type of game like for people to understand. Like If somebody looks at a modern first-person shooter and then you hand them controller and you're like, okay... Right trigger shoots, left trigger is crouch, or iron sights, A jumps, B. You just have to explain all of these, like, controls to them. Yeah. You hand somebody a controller, you said press square on the left one, triangle on the middle one, and circle on the right one. Mm-hmm. People kind of figure that out. Yeah. Um, but it used this, like, very, it, like a synth pop type soundtrack. Yeah. And I think that's what the issue was, is that doesn't attract a lot of people, but allows the game to be hyper-developed where you look at it and say, like, this song has the right, like, build and release for a level, 
Whereas Rock Band sort of and Guitar Hero forces the song over top of whatever you're trying to do as a game designer. Right. They sort of gave up a lot of, I guess what we would call level design, even though it's weird to think of those in a post-Guitar Hero world about the tracks, mm-hmm. in order to try and contextualize what was going on really well. Because like, just like the, the Call of Duty example, if I handed you a Call of Duty controller... The reason that you're having the discussion about like what are the controls are is because you don't have to like explain to them the goal of a Call of Duty game. Right, you shoot a guy. Yeah, you can look on the screen and know that you're a guy in World War II and you see planes and people shooting at you all the time. You know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a screenshot of Amplitude, it's not entirely clear what you're supposed to do or what those dots mean. So lots of, lots of explanation that has to be done beforehand. But if you give someone a huge plastic guitar with buttons <laughs> on the top and a drummer, now you know exactly what those notes mean. All the more clearly because you know that they're synced with the song. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like they took that idea of like a synth pop soundtrack and they even like designed the visuals around it. Like it all is like thematically appropriate to the way the game looks. And back then, I, you guys might have more insight into this than I do, but it seemed like lots of early music games were very much sort of like a synth pop techno, like experimental music thing. It, it, I, I imagine that it has to do with the fact um, that the like bass, the bass synth part and the drums are such a driving beat in a techno song mm-hmm. whereas like um, oh, sorry before the cast we played that Jethro Tull song oh Aqualung yeah and in that song like you don't really know what the bass is doing when you're listening to it or like how the drums are changing and blending uh, because it's because the song is written in such a way that the instruments are just trying to provide like you know, a cohesive sound to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the songs that were chosen for frequency and amplitude are songs that are that are that have driving beats that are very clear and very obvious. And then I don't necessarily know if any of the songs for those games were written for the game itself. But uh, barring that, like they just went with ones that had the most like clear and easy to grok like beats to them. Right. Right. It's um. I was gonna bring that up. It's like it's probably way cheaper to produce that kind of music. That's also probably cheaper. Yeah, right. yeah. especially other rhythm games. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. It, they took the kind. Of, it's a s- smart move to take like the kind of music you would hear in a dance club. Because you like when you dance to music, you also want music that has like a clear beat right. and rhythms and like mood, like changing moods and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with Rock Band, they decided, okay, we did that, and it didn't works super well so let's go with songs that are popular so and that ended up being probably the thing because if you think about it in the example of your sister playing the game at a bar yeah is actually really clear to like to it speaks clearly to how the game works because like karaoke it's just giving somebody a like obvious sort of embarrassing thing to do <laughs> in the name of fun. Yeah. And, like, if somebody scrolls by and they're like, oh, I want to play, like... Like, no one is going to look at it and be like, let's play this, like, weird... Uh, I can't think of a single techno artist now. 
uh, <laughs> song Dog from t- yeah, yeah. Fr- from ten years ago. Yeah, if you go into the, like the techno bar where people are playing amplitude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would be a different different situation. That would be in the future. Yeah, but I can imagine somebody going up and karaokeing "I Love Rock and Roll" by Joan Jett. Of course, and they were like, "Let's just give them a plastic guitar to play instead." And uh, as we know. In the future, they've introduced the karaoke option basically as a full game mode. So, I think that's why it succeeded. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. It just it lets you live out that fantasy of being able to play your favorite songs even without having to know how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. It's one of those... It's one of those situations where the design that they were going for just messed so perfectly with the mechanics as well. Like, the idea that they had to take the actual neck of the guitar and just split up the top end into distinct buttons that matched the lanes that they were already working through Mm -hmm. allowed people... Like, it it made it so that the simulation that they were going for and the game that they were going for were virtually identical, which is oftentimes, like, the thing that you want to do when you're trying to make immersive, enjoyable games. Yeah, the messaging is really strong. Like, you see the controller with the big primary colored buttons you're like okay (laughs) red green yellow i know these things i can hit those buttons when they come on the screen no confusion at all what's really funny about like the immersion of this game is that it it really it is successfully very immersive in in a way that because i mean i feel like we've we've had a discussion on the podcast before about how immersion doesn't necessarily make a game good of course but this game's immersion makes it at least it, it's almost like when you pick up a guitar hero controller for the first time and you get you start being able to play it so there's a few songs where you kind of like you're like bah, 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 uh, fuck <laughs> yeah when you were de- after you developed literal dexterity right somebody tells you all right now throw the controller vertically <laughs> to activate star power, which is going to double your score for like however long you have in the meter. And you're like, I don't want to look like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> you say, holding your fucking red plastic guitar <laughs> controller. Uh, and I, I found a lot of people are really hesitant to do like the more sort of physical things. Yeah. But once you get immersed in the game, that's not even something you think about. Mm-hmm. Like, once you start planning for it and you're like oh I have star power now like I don't want to fail here so you throw it up and like it doesn't it's not really a thing anymore the immersion is part of how you play the game because it brings it once you get the disconnect of yourself and the plastic controller into just the way that you feel with a regular controller in your hand Mm -hmm. that's when the game becomes like truly enjoyable oh yeah I guess one way to make this point even clearer uh if they had tried to make a VR version of like a simulation of being a, a guitar player, it would almost certainly be worse than Guitar Hero. Yeah, unless it also had a plastic controller. <laughs> right. But then, like, really, what what is the VR doing other than bringing the TV closer to your eyes? Um, oh God, I was gonna say something here. I'm sure it was terrible. Oh, and yeah, when you get <laughs> thanks, JJ. Uh, when you do get like immersed like that. It does almost kind of give you that feeling of playing a real instrument. Mm-hmm. Because somebody who actually like has played the guitar, like once you get into it and you're and you're focused on the song, you're playing it. It does give you like a similar kind of feeling. Yeah, I actually I don't know if this is something 
you guys can decide on the fly if it's something you actually want to discuss on the podcast, but, like, I feel like uh, we all got fairly into these games, me and JJ, I think, at a deeper level than Andy ever did. A much deeper level. This is uh, correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, do we want to actually, like, at least say, like, what our musical history is? Because, like... Oh, sure, that'd be interesting. Sure. My musical history is none. <laughs> like, like as literally none as is possible. I've never taken a music course in school by sheer crazy coincidence. I've never had musical training of, ever, of any sort. Uh, I owned drums at one point, but never used them because my mother is strange sometimes. But nope. <laughs> Absolutely no music experience. But don't you haven't you always liked rhythm games though? Ah, uh, I guess. Considering how good I was at Elite Beat Agents, but I'm. This is. You should not have asked me a question about my memory this early into the cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I was we so, have to ask you early I, in the cast yeah. so that maybe you'll remember like an hour in. I just feel like that would count. Oh yeah, that's part of your musical history. If that's what if you mean it that abstractly, just like an appreciation of music. Uh, I guess for that history, my music appreciation was also like very, very, very not a thing until my sister ended up giving me a whole bunch of CDs when I was very young. Uh, and then out of all the CDs she gave me, I latched on to just Queens of the Stone Age for some reason. Uh, Fair enough. But I do like music games uh, and I've played at least two, at least two music <laughs> games. Uh, mostly just Elite Beat Agents in my mind though. Yeah, so... On the contrasting end of that spectrum, uh, Andy and I were both in band together. Uh, we're both in a band together. Uh, I only play the drums, but Andy has sampled. Yeah, I um, I play the trumpet in band in uh, public school. I also play trumpet and trombone and guitar and synth. Jesus, you never enumerated band. all of your things. Yeah. yeah. I'm only really good at the trumpet, though. <laughs> I'm mediocre at the guitar <laughs> and the trombone and the keyboards. This is, yeah, I feel like the fact that you are more musically inclined than either of us, as we've previously discussed a million times in life, I am entirely tone deaf. I have, like, no sense of tone whatsoever. Classic drummer. Yeah. Uh, but rhythm, like, I but feel like that you is know why rhythms. I, yeah, that is why myself and, and JJ, I think, latched on to like a systemized music game like this, because it's less when you're playing a Guitar Hero game, uh, just using uh, the guitar itself as an example, not getting into the other instruments. It's like you look at uh, the notes coming down. It's not so much thinking like what note comes after this note. It's like I press green, then blue, then red. It's very systematic. And once you get that down, and once you start being able to like sight read Guitar Hero tracks, then the, it's it's in, it's purely rhythm. It's just rhythm and your ability to read the systems. Yeah. And I think that's what made us sort of like yeah. It get takes more guitar tabs on. and turns them into just drum parts. Right. Essentially, <laughs> it just it takes away everything except the rhythm. Yeah. That's actually a really good way to to put it. You take yeah. a, a, drum, a guitar tab, flip it on its side, and have it scroll, <laughs> and yep. then you just make it. Yeah. Drum if it's to anyone who's ever seen like sheet music for drums. It could translate easily to like the kind of stuff you see in Guitar Hero. Yeah. 
And the interesting thing is that the drums are the closest to reality of any of the instruments that are represented in these games. Did any of well, us vocals are just vocals. They're, right, but they're, they're exactly also, the same. They're, but they're mushier, though, because right. it allows you to sing at any octave. Uh, you just have to hit the correct tones. Yeah, they can't systemize vocals in the way that they can systemize anything else, at True. least not in a way that would be... Like, if you attempted to systemize vocals in a way that still had you sounding like the person that was singing on screen. Like, there's, there's no way that you can make up the gap there. When you're playing with a plastic guitar, you can strum and hit the button, and then the screen will make the correct noise. Right. But if you're singing, you can't have the middleman. Unless there was some kind of weird, like, throat Like an auto-tuner is yeah. what you need, yeah. The, uh... <laughs> this might surprise you, actually, Andy, but I have completed the vocal career <laughs> on Rock Band 1 up too hard. What? I have not been able to do it on expert. Uh, and that is literally just because if I kick my voice up to like a high falsetto, that's the cheat. Yeah, yeah. I can make like a different, like a noticeably differential. Like, well, I wouldn't be able to like say, like, oh, that was a C. Right. <laughs> I would be like, that was lower than that part. Okay, you're able to pick up the tones. Right, and so I can just sort of, like, force it to happen. And that is something that I will only do by myself, and will never do again. <laughs> <laughs> Why but, uh, did you do it in the first place? Uh, man, I have 960 out of a thousand achievement points on Rock Band 1. That's <laughs> because I couldn't beat the vocal or the drum... Uh, tour on expert i will never stop being surprised about how y that you were an achievement person oh yeah i was a total achievement why player. are you surprised by that i don't i don't know i guess he didn't know she, me back uh, when i guess i was saying like, that's like one of chad's main driving forces i know in the video. <laughs> i, I, I <laughs> always know how competitive you are and how checklisty you are but it always surprises me because I care about you so much. <laughs> There's a conflict there, and I'd prefer, I'd prefer the conflict get resolved on the I forget that you care about achievement side than the alternative. That's fair. Uh, but you should talk about the other thing you had 960 of related to Rock Band. Oh, right. So we talked about those um, uh, content packs. That they released. Yeah. Um, and those are for people who didn't have internet so that you could just sort of like, you know, add songs to your library without needing access to the internet. Um, it came on like a retail disc. Um, and those actually had achievements as well. <laughs> 200 points. So you could buy those and do the achievements, which I did. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was one of the fortunate people in 2005 to have access to the internet and um, by the time that I stopped playing Guitar Hero 3 in like I don't know, like 2011 or 12 I played it longer than most people, so you probably did. 2012 or 13 Longer than us too I had close to 900 songs in the game so I really do think that this is a strength of the game. But I, everyone that I've talked to about it has think that it is a sad character flaw of myself. Oh no, it, it, think, of it, think of it this way. It's like it, it, 
it motivated you to work at a movie theater. So, like, it forced you to give right, back yeah. to society. It was such a good game. <laughs> yeah, when I, was, when I was in high school, I got a, a job. To, I didn't get the job to afford the songs on record. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Are you positive? I can't think of any other object you buy. I bought a car. <laughs> he also had a girlfriend. I also had a girlfriend. He didn't buy the girlfriend. I'm saying he wanted to have money to do things with the girlfriend. JJ. <laughs> and maybe he was trying to save up to buy her. But in reality, yeah, I was, I was renting her. Um, okay, so maybe I got the job to afford rock band songs. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things I had written down that we actually touched on, on part of already was uh, like music as mechanics and how the fact that they chose rock songs and chose songs that were popular specifically because it's the kind of thing that drew people in limited their ability to design levels, quote-unquote. Yeah. Uh, but it also forced variety in the game. Because, you like, music is such a subjective thing. Like, people obviously have very different tastes in music. And while things are largely popular or largely unpopular, there's a lot of variation between people. So it forced them to put in songs from, like, a lot of different genres... And additionally, those different genres aided in sort of stratifying the difficulty levels. So your easy songs tended to be like your classic rock songs, your like your modern like poppy rock songs. And then by the time that you got to the expert level, it was just straight like thrash metal. <laughs> like <laughs> the, I think the hardest song in Rock Band One or sorry, Guitar Hero One was generally regarded as Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Which right there basically says it for you. It's like, oh yeah, Pantera was in this game where you played the guitar. Like, yeah. it's going to be a difficult song. And uh, so yeah, the, the DLC actually sort of reduces that because they were allowed to release songs that were more tailored to the game and more heavy, like heavier on the sort of design elements, but also greatly expanded the variety. That did end up biting them in the butt in the long term, though, because when you ha when you link like genres of songs to different distinct points on your difficulty scale, what happens then is that the impressive play, the people who like look cool that you would want to emulate, all turn into thrash metal people. <laughs> and, you, and you can see as the game goes on, and this was even present in the Inception somewhat, even though they were trying to stay like sort of generic rock in the first place, where. As people started to care more about the harder songs, the game started to be more medley in their advertisements and presentations to people. Even though they had like character models in every game for every style of rock. Mm -hmm. like, comparing it to Rock Band is a really good way to see the difference between... Yeah, the and, Guitar Hero really went down that first path. Yeah. They, I was going to say, yeah, and it also like kind of limits you when you want to come up with a soundtrack for a new game. Mm. You went and you've already put a thousand songs in <laughs> Rock Band 3 or whatever. Well, yeah, that was Her, the thing. Because yeah. Rock, Rock Band 4, uh, when it released, and like I'd already basically convinced myself I wasn't going to get it because I switched platforms. Like I, I had the Xbox 360 when I had Rock Band 3, and then I had PS4 when Rock Band 4 came out, and I wouldn't be able to transfer all that DLC, so it felt like kind of a waste. Yeah, but I remember thinking the Rock Band 4's main the set list seemed really tame in comparison to the previous ones. Like, 
a lot of very recent songs, a lot of songs that had already been used in like Guitar Hero games, but like not in a rock band yet. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, you, having like over a thousand downloadable tracks probably hurt their ability to create new set lists. Mm -hmm. At least once they resonate with people, because all of the resonant songs had already been taken. Yeah. Which I guess also explains why they attempted to put the newer stuff because they were the more resonant songs that hadn't existed at the time. Yeah, because there was a four-year gap between. Yeah, <laughs> they had a little bit to mine from. Uh, I wonder if that suggests that the mining is going to continue. Like maybe now <laughs> we've shifted from the world where Guitar Hero was the explosive thing, and all that really was was just people burning through the historical fuel. Like, we dealt with, like, our oil reserves from, like, 1960 to the present day when in, in 2011 when everything sank. And now just every five years, new ones are going to keep going to, like, flare up again based on all the new music. Yeah. I, I know for a fact that, like, at least in my library, which consisted of most songs, songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the oldest songs that were available in Rock Band were... Uh, there was a Roy Orbison pack, which was labeled as, like, being from the 50s, but I'm pretty sure only, like, one of the songs was actually released in the 50s, but I'm not sure. Uh, and I think there was, like, a super old song. There was Vanessa by the Zombies uh, in Lego Rock Band. <laughs> Lego Rock Band, by the way, actually really good. Okay. Uh, it was I just, like, that. super easy, regular Rock Band. Oh. But it, it was a good... It had a good selection of music. Um... So, yeah, I think that maybe we just need to mine a little bit deeper. Yeah, and I meant to bring this up a little while ago, but like this game, or like Guitar Hero, the original one, came out when I was in like the eighth grade or mm -hmm. something, or seventh grade or whatever. And it, it really like helped shape my like taste in music because of how young I was when it came out. Like, there's plenty of songs that I like never ever would have listened to or like given enough of a chance to like that I did because of Guitar Hero. Absolutely same deal in my case. I, even though my dad's a huge classic rock guy, just like all things that your dad's like, it's always on the <laughs> periphery of your life and you never sort of let it penetrate for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's some probably weird Freudian things in there that I'm not going to mind. But <laughs> uh, I really did like like, how, when we were picking through songs uh, in Rock Band uh, b before uh, when we were playing it for the cast, uh, and I was like, oh, man, what about Aqualung? And you guys were like, what? The f why do you care about that? <laughs> yeah, why? Like, it's not like, to the Stone Age. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Aqualung. I generally like Jethro Tull, but we just didn't expect it at all coming from, like, I don't know, anyone our age. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had that song on my phone, and no other J Jethro Tall songs, obviously. Yeah. yeah. They've got a couple of good ones I can recommend. I'm sure uh, they yeah. do, but I didn't put it in <laughs> any <laughs> effort. But I was introduced to a Jethro Tall song that I liked through Rock Band's downloadable content. I have to agree with that statement that, like, a lot of music probably was introduced to people through this game. Uh, I know for me specifically, I feel like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater probably had a, a like a a more impactful difference or made a more impactful difference on my uh, taste in music. But this game definitely had one of my favorite bands now. Um, 
is uh, that handsome devil. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have known about them at all if Elephant Bones wasn't on Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. And from that, I bought their first EP and then started following them on social media, and now I have all their albums. Which is a really good fucking man. And we know that this is an effect that's very distributed among just pretty much everyone who played the game, because there are just... There are statistics about, like, how much sales in music and in instruments went up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, during the time when this was popular. And, you know, oftentimes, like, being our age, we'll come across, like, be at, like, a party or out somewhere or wherever, and a song will come on, and someone will be like, this was in Guitar Hero. Yeah. Like, that still happens. <laughs> you could probably <laughs> just say that every time a song comes well, on, and, like, 90% of the time, you're going to be right. Well, I'm talking, like, from, like, the first three. Yeah, yeah. Those that's... are the ones that were the most popular. After that point, when they were digging deeper, the songs probably were in there at some point, but <laughs> they had sort of thrown off the chaff. Like, the, the popular people had all left the building. Yeah. You usually get, this is in Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. Right, yeah. Most, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that when your game has has systemized everything from like Slayer to Freeze Pop, there's like a, there's a good chance that everything in the middle is represented at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, what Jonathan Colton's version of uh, Still Live? The, from the Portal soundtrack. Was oh it, yeah, was in rock band. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was in rock band. Was it like a downloadable? Is it downloadable? Okay. Track? Yeah. I'm gonna say Tro- that was just in the game. Like <laughs> but Trogdor. Oh uh, yeah, was from, in Guitar Hero too. Yeah, from the uh, Homestar Runner series, <laughs> was just in Guitar Hero two on disc. Yeah, it was on just a retail e- PlayStation <laughs> two release. Yep, you just had to unlock it. Yeah. Uh, that's just insane. That is insane. So I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing that I, I had actually first to discuss, uh, but wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, are you surprised that we can talk this long about this thing? It was so influential for when we were all growing oh, up. Oh, no, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. I didn't even, I'm completely skipping over the like two years that I pretended to like metal because of these games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember this. Good. Yeah. Okay. You, know, you didn't know because he went by a different name uh, that had, like, umlauts in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. But, so I just have written down, and this is, I believe I wrote this at, like, right after I'd woken up or something, just in a cold sweat, being like, I have to remember to talk about this. So this doesn't make any sense to me now, but oh, it says, no. the harmonics age. I believe what I'm referring to is the fact that Guitar Hero existed as a harmonics property. For two iterations. Yeah. And an expansion pack. And then was picked up later, and Harmonix was just like, well, we're just going to do a different thing. And I don't actually... Are you aware of like what caused the rift between Harmonix and Activision? Is it just the fact that Activision is the worst company on the planet? I should have looked this up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you do that, because yeah... They did. They dropped off from Guitar Hero, and then attention immediately shifted to Rock Band. Right. And like, no one cared about Guitar Hero anymore. <laughs> so like, everybody followed Harmonix, except yeah. for except for JJ, the people who <laughs> constantly <laughs> masturbate over the difficulty related to the songs. Those were the people that stayed no. with Guitar Hero. I didn't talk to those people. And no. those were the people that Guitar Hero kept trying to appeal to. Like I was right. talking about earlier. That's why they started to market themselves more and more through the activists and songs. As if they were like crazy metal, unbelievably good at guitar people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's Einstein. what uh, Guitar Hero 3 
actively put people who were incredibly good at guitar in their advertising, right. and then directly into the in, game. Because, <laughs> yeah, Tom Morello slash... It's so weird that they picked Tom Morello. <laughs> I mean, like, he's a good guitar player. Yeah. But, like, the, go from him to slash. slash. Like, it seems to like the, an order of magnitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pitt's <laughs> Satan was the third. I actually really like that idea. It's just like a video gamey thing to do in Guitar Hero. Yeah, when you throw like the bridge. Well, because Guitar Hero Three still had some level of respect left in it. Yeah. Before it went totally downhill, and yeah, they did go that route with making uh, like extremely heavy metal soundtracks. Yeah. And now, how do you just while we're on the subject? How do you feel about the like guitar battle aspect that was in Three? <laughs> well, it was. This is, a, like, a bigger problem that I have with the series in general as it went on, mm-hmm. and the reason why I gravitated more and more toward Rock Band, even though I still bought the Guitar Hero-like entries, I would play them, and then once I was finished with it, I would just go back to playing Rock Band. Rock Band was, like, my recreational one. Guitar Hero would just come out as, like, a variety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with Guitar Hero 3... And then going through the series, they started introducing mechanics that were, like, supposed to shake things up. Um, none of them stuck. And uh, Well, not only did none of them stick, but none of them really fucking did anything. A guitar battle was just playing a song while another guy played a, a song. But you could <laughs> fuck each other up. Yeah, it had, like, a, a Tetris Attacks kind of thing going yeah. on. And but the fact that I don't even remember worse. what those mechanics are suggested I'd, they weren't It was like, it replaced your star power... And like you had to, so you had to charge it up, and then when you used it, it could like s- like scramble their notes or like make the keys go backwards oh, and like oh, yeah. different things, like which that. was basically impossible to play at that. Point. Yeah, that means so, like, the point. Yeah, uh, but like it, it, that's not really an engaging thing because you're not like in the Donkey Kong level where your controls are reversed. It's a challenge because all you really changing is just like the direction you have to hold so it's just another thing you have to think about in a rhythm game where you spend it's like if somebody reversed all the strings on your guitar it's like (laughs) i can't play this anymore (laughs) it's just it doesn't work that way it doesn't work because it's a rhythm game because if you have to think about it it's a lot about muscle memory you're gonna be shit exactly yeah so what those came down to most of the time those guitar battles were just play the song well. And then later they came up with like challenges that were like play this many notes in a row without failing. You got like bonus stars for it. In the sixth Guitar Hero game you could get like 47 stars on a song. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it was like five for performance and then all of these other layers. But all of those other challenges just came down to play the song well, which is already what you were trying to do. Right, yeah. There's no way, assuming... Based on the whole model that they are that they've attached themselves to in terms of trying to emulate you playing songs, mm-hmm. this was the point at which their inability to change their like level design came back to them because they couldn't change what the challenge was ever. So right. they kept having to try and bolt things onto it, and none of them mattered. Yeah, because if you look at rock, like Harmonix came out and said that Rock Band Three was their idea of having like a music game platform. It's not about releasing yearly sequels or releasing spin-offs. It was just about having a library of songs that you could play with the established mechanics. And that's all that the games needed to be in the first place. If Guitar Hero 1 was still the game that we played now and it just had like a million songs on it (laughs) for all of the 
like yearly iterations just kept being added to it. I don't think anybody would be would feel any differently about it. Well, I think one's a little bit of a special case there because I think maybe just one was the point at which the literal like nuts and bolts mechanics were still getting worked out a bit. They true. hadn't really gotten in the first Guitar Hero, the whole I don't remember these names, like the the with Hammer Yeah, Hammer Hammer Yeah, yeah. They hadn't really gotten that system. The <laughs> yeah, they really didn't. In guitar and in Guitar Hero 2, honestly, it wasn't great. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't really start functioning properly until Guitar Hero 3 and Rock Band. Yeah. And then in Rock Band, it actually kind of took it to Rock Band 2 before it was like really like where you wanted it to be. Right. It's understandable why that would be an extremely difficult thing to do. Yeah. And, and I don't necessarily know that the people listening to this, or you guys, want to get into, like, the very, like, grainy details, because, like, Guitar Hero 3 is really mushy, and it's sensitivity, and so, like, you can... The windows to hit notes are wider in Guitar Hero. And they kept getting wider as it go, as it went on because the because Guitar Hero games... Because they kept ramping the difficulty up. Yeah, and they kept wanting to make you feel like an awesome guitar person. Right. So they kept having to still do that. Yeah. But to go back to those, like, weird things uh, that they kept adding to the game. And in fact to go even further back to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, (laughs) this is just a Neversoft thing. Neversoft every time it iterates on a game adds five new mechanics keeps two or three of them in the next game and then keeps doing that until the game is so overblown that they feel like they have to nuke it and start over. This happened in Tony Hawk when they went to Project 8 which kept like maybe a few of the mechanics from the later Tony Hawk games. And it happened in Guitar Hero when they reset this year, this past year, for Guitar Hero Live. Even during the heyday, they had a mild attempt at that when they were starting to seal sales numbers dip. Uh, out of the six mainline Guitar Hero games, there is, if you look up like Metacritic averages and things, a little bit of an uptick at five when they tried to simplify a whole lot of the UI and what was going on again was... They they like they started to move a bit more in the rock band direction of sort of smoothness and style. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Guitar Hero got pretty ostentatious <laughs> with its uh with its everything. Yeah, presentation. By the way, I did look up the critical information we should have known immediately. Already. Right, yeah. Uh as you might imagine, after uh Guitar Hero two is actual commercial success following the critical success of the first Guitar Hero, it was like a multi-million dollar feeding frenzy where just other corporations <laughs> were coming in and just offering insane amounts of money to both. And when the blood in the water was gone, uh, it turned out that Activision had uh, bought, uh, what, Neversoft or, Neversoft or Red Octane or whoever the fuck those people were, and, uh, and MTV Games had bought Harmonix. Harmonix, yeah. Yeah. So... So Activision bought Red Octane. Yeah. And Imagine MTV bought harmonics. Yeah, imagine the beautiful fish that was the harmonics like Red yeah, Octane Red fusion. Octane, yes. Just being ripped apart by eagles. Yes. Like okay. Well first it was sharks, now it's eagles. Your metaphors are getting all mixed up. No, all I said is there was like blood in the water. And this currently But eagles don't eat things out of the water though. <laughs> if we imagine two <laughs> eagles coming at the same time. And they both get their claws and something. Yeah, I can imagine them ripping it apart. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Why don't we make the fish a rabbit? Why? Why would you make a rabbit? Pick rabbits up off the ground, 
But then you don't have the them. you don't have the when the blood clears part of the metaphor. Whatever. Unless they were like grabbing the rabbit. One of the, the two eagles flew down to the the rabbit, and then one of the cartoon dust bubbles kicked up, and like. What is a cartoon dust bubble? Dust you know, like cloud. The, it does cloud. Sorry. <laughs> Thank I say the Thank fish you, metaphor was really confusing. <laughs> anyway, it's confusing. Oh yeah, because whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, they were ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, so they were ripped in half, You're and like, that is a shame because to the, I played Rock Band three with the uh, white Explorer three sixty Guitar Hero controller from Guitar Hero two. Mm. So like. Six years of just that guitar. <laughs> I hate the rock band guitar, uh, but I'm the exact opposite. It is crazy. To I think. hate that Explorer guitar, and I love the rock band guitar. They iterated so much on their peripherals. Yeah, like they did not hold steady at all. Question mark. This no, I guess not. Like, what changes happened to the rock band little Stratocaster thing? Did anything? That's the only one that I can think of because I know. Like, the Guitar Hero games just always had their new guitar. Right. New uh, drums. Because it started uh, a while ago. In Guitar Hero 1 to 2 didn't really have a change, but there was, like, a pre-order bonus flying V that you could get. <laughs> but, like, the PlayStation 2 guitar controllers are super light and plasticky, and they really didn't nail it down. No. Um... But once it hit the 360, I feel like that the the Explorer had like some heft to it, but it was still small enough that you had like pretty fine control if you weren't an actual guitar player <laughs> and just wanted to play like fucking you know all hunched up. Um, whereas like then the Guitar Hero 3 controller was good, but they made the stupid decision to be able to pull the neck out of the guitar. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and it would cause. That and was so dumb. Yeah. What I was the point of that? It's for portability. Yeah. Oh. You're supposed to be able to, like, as if carrying a neck and a fucking piece <laughs> yeah. of a guitar around was a normal thing to do. Uh, but, yeah, like, when you plugged it back in, like, the connections wouldn't always sit right, and then you would end up, like, my yellow button stopped working in three different of those. It was bad. But then Harmonics developed their own weird guitar. And they clearly, looking at it in front of us, accented the beauty angle a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to make it look more like a real guitar. Yeah. They tried to make it look more like something that wasn't for children. Because right. they understood that this had, like, near universal appeal among anyone young enough to enjoy rock and roll. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that they fucked up. I don't. I mean, it's a preference thing, really. It really is. Like, yeah. I like the way the buttons feel a lot better on the Rock Band guitar. I like the strum bar a lot better. It feels more like actually strumming on a real guitar, uh, and it's a little bit bigger, I think, or at least it feels like it to me. Maybe it's it, it is. It is definitely it's bigger. Um, and they kept tweaking with so many things, but both the Guitar Hero and Rock Band series that there isn't like. There isn't a solid consistency. Everyone had the one that they learned on. That ended up the one that they were stuck through forever. Mm. I used that specific Guitar Hero 3 Wii guitar and as long as I possibly could until I ran it pretty much completely into the ground. Right. Yeah, That's. I ended up buying, like, five or so uh, Explorer guitars just to, like, have in case anything happened to the ones. <laughs> what? Which is, what? <laughs> just in case 
Yeah, well, because they weren't going to keep selling them because they were, they were manufactured for Guitar Hero 2. So I bought, like, a stock. You bought five? I bought five. I went through three. I have, oh, wow. I have two left. Oh, goddamn. I played a lot of these games. You I did. played, like, probably, honest to God, more than any other game series ever. More than Pokemon? Yes. Oh my By like God. a huge margin. What? I would come home from class in college every yeah. day and Chad, sit down and play. Chad never stopped playing until like a couple years ago. <laughs> until my 360 died. Yeah. The one of the last, the last, I, I bought Halo 4 when it came out. Uh, and it was then, the worst day of your life. I bought Halo 4 when it came out, and that was the last 360 game that I ever bought. Up until I bought the downloadable version of Rock Band 3, in case anything happened to my disc copy. <laughs> oh my god. Which it did. And then my 360 died. But if I were to today buy a new Xbox 360, I could re-download Rock Band and all of those songs. And <laughs> that security in like the longest term hobby I've ever had is a pretty... That's something that I, you know, I put a price on that. That's that's fair. It sounds like your life has become like an industry <laughs> for these games. This is this is what I need to send to Harmonics this podcast to be like, can you please let me download my downloadable songs and I will buy a copy of Rockman Four. <laughs> I'll do it. Just give me my songs. Uh, do you want to take a break before getting into issues related to songs? Yeah, we should do that. All right. And you begin the break. Mm, break sequence initiated. <laughs> so welcome back to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking through um, my list of things to talk about. I feel like we did actually... We discussed a lot of the meat of this series yeah, mm-hmm. already, uh, but one of the biggest things that we didn't actually really touch on at all uh, was the fact that Rock Band and Harmonix specifically pulled off a real sneaky move uh, in 2007 when they released Rock Band, um, because it was, I believe, a publicized thing that they didn't make Rock Band like public until pretty late in development so what Neversoft and Activision released was a sequel to Guitar Hero where you played the guitar and then they came out and they said look you can play the guitar but you can also play the bass and the drums and sing and I took such an advantage in the market for being like uh, basically a premium priced game. You're talking at a, at a hundred bucks for a copy of Guitar Hero 3 and like 150 or so for Rock Band. And if somebody had to choose between the two, they were going to go with the one that had more options. I think that that was like a really, like a huge thing yeah. in the series. Because they weren't able to follow up until World Tour. Yeah, keeping the surprise reveal of the band like features would have been nice. Although I, I didn't when I was at the time, and even when I was super into these games, I still didn't, like, track the releases, which is odd for me in retrospect, because even when I was a kid, 
I remember I sort of religiously followed like joystick.com as like my news outlet of choice at the time. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember ever get, being like into the real meat and potatoes of like the information on like, oh, Rock Band just announced this. Like I don't remember the announcement of Rock Band, right. even though I had played two uh, long before then and it was the first one in the series I was aware of. In a weirdly old-fashioned move, uh, my like game publication of note for like an embarrassingly long time was Game Informer because it came free. That's not that embarrassing. I feel like everyone our age like had a subscription to Game Informer. Because everyone our age at some point got like the little card thing. Yeah. The GameStop like membership card. Yeah. I feel like I should remember it too, but don't because I remember in the eighth grade in Mrs. Burke's algebra class <laughs> I sat next to this kid named Josh who always had Game Informer with him and like I would look at it like all like when I was bored in math all the time and like I don't remember reading about Rock Band and that would have been like right when it came out yeah I'm thinking um because we joked earlier about me getting a job to afford more uh, uh, songs in rock band, but uh, it was in fact because of that movie theater job that I had that rock band was like, I bought that game myself, which was not a common thing because I had literally no source of income prior. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, went, like on release day, like I went to the mall before it opened to go get the game and then came home and played it for like eight consecutive hours. Uh, <laughs> Did it live up, Chad? Oh, it, well, I mean, I would say that it <laughs> is pretty evident at this point <laughs> that it lived up to my expectations. And in fact, Rock Band 2 and 3 continued to just surpass the previous games in, in playability, but I feel like Guitar Hero had an opposite trajectory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... In retrospect, drums, pretty clearly a, a good idea, right? Not as obvious as a guitar because of all the other hassles involved with drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the drums, as somebody who plays the drums, <laughs> drums are a huge hassle all the time. <laughs> it is There's way more shit, and this is true for Rock Band as well, because you have to carry your fucking, you got bass plate, you got the bass pedal, you got the pads themselves with the gu- gu- guitar here when you get those fucking cymbals. <laughs> you got, like, leg sticks that you have to carry around. The drumsticks? No, like the... I know. Well, I'm also the drumsticks. Drum yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huge hassle. Yeah. But in exchange... Still a good idea, generally. Yeah. Rock like, not usually a game that you want to be taking places. True. Because of that. You want to have it pre-set up at your location and let the people come to you in right. your wonderful party atmosphere. Yeah. And the sick pads. Because when you're in high school, played. he has rock band is an actual thing that you can say to draw people to. Like <laughs> it, it, was. Yeah. it was. Yeah. No one ever would have kept going to Becca's parties as long as they did in high school if it weren't for the fact that she always had rock band, the newest rock band or guitar hero. Yeah. I know that I only went to those because, like, I had this weird backward thought that it would make me seem cool because I was, like, good at those games. Yep. <laughs> I remember even going into college, like, I remember, I remember going to a party where this guy was like, oh, dude, you've got, like, guitar here? I'm really good at that game. And I was just like, 
All right. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was absolutely a social status symbol for a very long time. Yeah. I don't think it was an actual one, though. I'm pretty sure that people... The people who took the game seriously and got good at it and didn't just play it in party atmospheres are the people who saw it as a status symbol. And it was a really insular no, thing. It totally was until the fad died out. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, like, once, like, Guitar Hero 2 kind of, like, fizzled out, like, no one gave a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, how good you were at yeah. plastic guitars. But I, I honestly, in retrospect, don't think anyone ever gave a shit about how good anyone was with plastic guitar, unless they were also pretty good with the plastic guitar. Ah! There was, like... There we're, were, we're talking about high school kids here. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That first. And not but high school kids who didn't go drinking. But, like, yes. scenes <laughs> of, like, Through the Fire and the Flames from 3 were a thing that made it onto, like, news media outlets. As, like, examples of, like, look what the kids are doing. And then you have the crazy fucking shit that that song always threw at people. I remember when YouTube was its own thing and had, like, the worst UI ever. Oh, God. Uh, That's, like, I haven't thought about, like, mm. old YouTube. (laughs) We'll upload this to old YouTube. (laughs) In the Wayback Machine. (laughs) So that you can experience it as well. Uh, but I remember watching videos of people playing uh, like Cowboys from Hell with the with a camera mounted on the neck of the guitar. Oh yeah! So you could watch their fingers, and it was like that was like a thing that I did for a while, <laughs> where I was like watching that video, and I was like, "This is a weird artifact of this time." I remember in in. The, the like the greatest heat of the moment. It was like within a couple of months. Not after heat of the moment by Asia. That's not <laughs> yeah, what we're no. talking about. No, a, a literal like heat now. of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> after like, it was like two months after three came out or something. One of my worst memories from high school uh, is going to uh, this like weird Christian summer camp thing for some days. Okay. Uh, and at that Christian... Andy's s- just losing it in <laughs> this story. Like this is going to be really fun. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that, because I'm intentionally trying not to go into detail about anything that happened there. Oh. For my health and your health and just everyone's mental sanitation, no descriptions of that. Okay. But, because relative to the Guitar Hero discussion, uh, this was a camp that had like a like hundred plus kids, maybe even... Maybe even like a couple hundred kids there, maybe at most. Uh, and there was like a whole room that was like the dedicated Guitar Hero room. And it was like dead center where like everyone's rooms connected. And you would, there were literal fucking crowds for people where like 20 or 30 kids at a time would just be around people in a crowd as they played the game, normally also queued up for the game. There were like actual applause would happen. And I think this is. A really good example of this, specifically because it was it's a location where it's almost entirely kids, and there are just so many kids. Like it's harder for us sometimes to see. I think how much people sort of had some kind of weird faddish veneration for the game in its heyday. Uh, in retrospect, just through like YouTube video counts and the attitudes of parties that with like twenty or thirty people at yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, it literally was like being a rock star for like a. Th- 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Four 14-year-olds among 14-year-olds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine the amount of, like, 
strange, disparate feelings had by, like, adults at the time. (laughs) Like, just watching kids, like, fucking, like, go on their knees and, like, applaud someone (laughs) for, like, full comboing a song. (laughs) It's just really bizarre. I can't believe that there was nothing about, like, the devil went down to Georgia thing in that story, because it was, like, a Christian camp. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. But anyway... Now, there's lots of satanic imagery in rock music generally, and I feel like it wasn't embraced so much by rock band, but Guitar Hero totally did, like... It's part of the metal thing. Yeah. It yeah. Kinda, they kind of wore it on their sleeve. Like, it was, like, c- kind of in there, but they weren't, like, Hail Satan! <laughs> like, <laughs> pentagram on the stage! <laughs> like, yeah. biting heads off animals and spraying blood into the crowd or anything. Yeah, with the exception <laughs> of a few, like, references within the music itself and, like, the inclusion of, like, right. Tenacious D songs, which sort of humorously <laughs> reference Satanism as a thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you do fight the literal devil. They, yeah, had, to keep it, they had to keep it PG-13 for market appeal, right. obviously. But, but yeah. that, I think they pushed that limit about as much as they could in the, like, 2008-era PG-13 definition. I mean, I never played past three in terms of Guitar Hero, so I don't also, really know the extent to it went. On the Christian summer camp thing, I think the devil went down to Georgia gets a pass because the song is about beating the devil's ass. True, but like I just imagine that like, like some, a kid booting that part up at a summer camp and like an adult walking in like freaking out that like Satan was a character in this video game that they were playing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's completely fair. I asked earlier about the drums being a solid inclusion. I'm wondering if in. Your opinion specifically, Chad, since you're like the crazy rock band person, uh, if there's any point at which you thought like the instruments were too much, like specifically the microphone and the keyboard, do I think that they were too like there was a keyboard? There was In a rock keyboard. Band three, they introduced a keyboard. Um, I did not. Kn- I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. There is a. There is a. There's a line, I think, that was drawn in Rock Band 3 that may have been a little bit too much, but it was all optional. And the majority of the, like, high play <laughs> community didn't really take it seriously, and it was uh, with the, the pro controllings. Like, most people who were known for putting up high scores on songs on Rock Band didn't pl- also play like, the pro guitar with its, like, 40,000 buttons on the neck or, you know, a real guitar with a thing plugged in. Right. I feel like we would be remiss in this podcast to not at least mention Rocksmith. Because oh, wow. It, like, Rocksmith. Yeah. It basically took what the pro controllers were trying to do and just did it better. Because the pro controllers originally wanted to turn... Rock Band the game into like a teaching platform mm-hmm. but Rocksmith was a game that its systems were designed as a teaching platform and I think generally worked better for people who are actually trying to learn the guitar there's an argument made that like the pro drums were better for like in Rock Band trying to learn the drums but just playing Rock Band drums is actually a decent way to get better at the drums Yeah, like if you are someone who played the drums at expert level in Rock Band and haven't tried playing an actual drum kit, 
you would be surprised at how much of it actually translates over. You have to learn your way around a drum kit in a way. That like spatially. Is, yeah. yeah. But you have the fundamentals of rhythm and like what sounds good and how to actually perform things quickly that you need to actually play it. Where they get like having a plastic guitar with a hundred thousand buttons on it doesn't teach you to play the guitar. It teaches you your way around a weird. It's like the Steel Battalion controller <laughs> of rhythm games. Like it doesn't even like the strumming even doesn't even translate. Like, right, because you're none, still just hitting a. None of it translates except for just like the feel of holding a guitar at your waist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if and you're even one then, of it's you not fucking Beatles motherfuckers with your guitars up at your. Tits. Yeah, like. <laughs> But yeah, I've actually played Rocksmith. Oh yeah. Like I, when I back when I worked at McDonald's, I had a friend uh, named Derek who had it, and he thought it was going to be like the next big thing. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I had a I had a friend named Derek. He was my brother who oh, had yeah. Rocksmith, and that's how I played it. But like I didn't. I can't play a guitar. Like right. I just can't do it. He yeah. was like, "Here, try this." I was it like, seems like no. I actually kind of wish I would have gotten it. Because, like, I actually feel like, because, like, I already, like, mediocrely know how to play the guitar. So, like, I actually could have used it for what it was intended for. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, the average person, like, would struggle mightily if they picked that game up. Like, to actually learn to play the guitar. Yeah, that is why it is not, I think, like, was ever going to be the next big thing, you know? Right. Yeah. It did have a fun mini game. Where, like, it's essentially kind of like Duck Hunt. <laughs> I already like this. Well, that's like a stretch, but, like, that's just what I'm going to use as, okay. like, a visual here. Okay. It, it had a picture of, like, the fretboard, and, like, the duck would, like, fly to a specific note, and you'd have to hit, hit it the to net. shoot the duck. Uh, oh, is it like, it's so it's actually like Typer Shark, but for guitar. Kind of, yeah, it like gets you familiar with like moving your fingers on the fretboard and like hitting specific notes. I like that. That's like a, that's the Mavis Beacon approach. Or the Mavis Bacon Beacon. Who's I, Mavis Beacon or Bacon? I, I think, I, I want to say it's Bacon, but that might have just been like a joke I've heard too many times. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a series of like typing... Like pieces of typing software, that like early nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it basically was like gamifying typing, which obviously is something that works on me because I learned to type through Typing of the Dead. It totally worked. So on I me imagine too. that if I had like the desire to learn guitar, Rocksmith is probably the thing I would go yeah, to. Yeah, agreed. Like jumpstart typing totally worked oh, yeah. on me. Yeah. Just that's very odd. I never even really needed much gamification to learn how to type. I, I needed some. It's specifically, I don't know if these programs have a name, but the systems where it'll it's designed to like measure your how fast you go and it'll mm. like lay out a sentence that you have to copy and then the program will like tell you if you mess up and you have to go back and correct yeah, you're word for a minute and then errors made. Right. That's yeah. that is like all the gamification that I ever need in learning to type. I actually really enjoyed learning how to type in like early high school. I don't even know if I'd refer to that as gamification. That's just providing you with statistics and feedback. Like <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's a game for JJ. Yeah, yeah. You get the feedback. JJ is just a living spreadsheet. He's yeah. like, oh boy. This is fun. JJ's exactly like Data from Star Trek. <laughs> if no one has figured that out yet. Right. This is it's it's not perfect. There was there are corrupting influences. <laughs> this transitions pretty well into the only other thing actually that I had to talk about. Uh, which is 
a comparison to DDR, like Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. I was thinking that early on when we mentioned frequency and amplitude. Like yeah. I thought about bringing up Dance Dance Revolution. Because DDR is a game that was released in... No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Part 2 starts now. Secret cast. DDR is a game that is you know, from the outside, pretty similar to Guitar Hero in as much as you're hitting notes as they go up past a, a track and you have a big peripheral. But the difference, I think... Is that in the background, the awkwardly animated person, instead of being <laughs> bad rock stars, are underage girls. There wasn't always an animated character in the background. Yeah, sometimes it was just like a Windows Media Player visualization. Yeah. And going one, once it was Mario. <laughs> That's true. That's actually like really hard to find and like pretty expensive now. Well, oh, I think... Oh, crap, no, I rented it. Fuck. Never mind. <laughs> Did you also steal it? <laughs> return it? No. Uh, but anyway. But yeah, the I think... Because <laughs> the thing that I'd written down that led me to this comparison to DDR is that at least my experience with Rock Band, which I know is not everyone's experience with it, but the reason that I really latched onto it is this, like... The game gives you, like, a point value and a star rating... And percentages at the end, so I was always striving for like perfection, like mm-hmm. the highest possible score. Oh yeah. Which in Rock Band starts with getting five stars and then starts and then proceeds to getting gold stars and then to the really sad state that I find myself in where I like look for the optimal times to use overdrive in order to maximize your score potential. So, yep. like, long stretches of, like, chords where you get multiple notes. Uh, Been there. Yeah. And to me, that was doable. That was something that I could actually work toward and have fun doing. DDR, striving for perfection in DDR is not the same as striving for perfection in, in Rock Band. In Rock Band, you're sitting on a couch with a plastic guitar playing a song that you like over and over again to try and get the best score that you can. In DDR, you have to, like, become an inhuman dance machine (laughs) stomping on a huge metal pad, likely in a public place. And that's, like, such a different experience, well, like, all told. A lot of people had the mats. Like, they would have home. mats. The serious people would have, like, the metal thing. Yeah, you needed metal. If and you then you need the back to bar to hold on to yeah. so you don't dance yourself into <laughs> a you mentioned the back bar because I was worried that you would somehow through the description it wasn't clear to me whether you knew like what actual optimal GDR play looked like it's terrifying <laughs> yeah 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 and most importantly it looks nothing like dancing <laughs> oh not even close it looks like a man holding on for dear life while his legs like animate themselves <laughs> to escape through any means necessary I've that's exactly never what it considered like. that but yeah it looks like the top half of the person playing DDR is a regular person who's like a little distressed oh. and then their legs are just God, acting feel, of their own means. I feel like there's a cartoon <laughs> where this like exact thing happens like their legs, it's like something like magic spell, like their legs just won't stop dancing and like the top half of them is like really like just like I wish this would stop. <laughs> 
But right. I can't think of what it is. This is, yeah. All right, to throw the lasso over the cast, uh, this is a fantastic example of, like, the horrible middle child, like the Bigfoot between frequency and amplitude and Guitar Hero, in that they thought that they could, like, oh, we can just turn dancing into a game system. <laughs> right. It'll work out that way. And that's not true at all in DDR's case, because the optimal way to do the things that they set up for you to do, which is just hitting four distinct squares, right. is not to dance. Not no. even remotely. <laughs> it ends up being, like, a workout routine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this probably wasn't even the case in, like, Dance Dance Revolution, the game. The original. It's probably more <laughs> an issue of, like, the constant street fighterification of da- of DDR, <laughs> and so you end up with like Dance Dance Revolution Extreme Arcade Two Ultra, that is the one with like all the purple lights, and everyone likes that one because it's the new one that has this really hard song. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, DDR absolutely also fell victim to the. Like, you can't actually be a cool person while playing DDR. DDR can't be popular. So the only way you get status is by being the best at DDR. Which turns you into, like, a spider monster <laughs> with, yes. with eight legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that was what I had. I actually don't really have much else. Oh, I... The, the, honestly, I probably should have found a smoother way to put this in earlier in the DDR discussion. But I... Do you guys know what Beat Mania is? Um, or the DS game? Uh... Is it also? A, I'm maybe Am the thing I'm thinking talking of about. Be, I'm thinking of beat something else. Oh. Are you thinking of rhythm heaven? Rhythm heaven. Oh Sorry. no, I did not play rhythm heaven. But um, beat mania is another arcade game, uh, which is sort of another interesting example of like pre-guitar hero rhythmness with peripherals, where it's like pretty much literally just the rock band UI, less pretty, made to look like it belongs in a Japanese arcade with a bunch of square buttons. And that's it. And that's all you did was you just hit the buttons as fast as you could in time with music. Oh, yeah. and Because, yeah, I've seen videos of people playing it. It's like in... It's in, it's also... It's the DDR of, of Rock Band. Yeah, basically. yeah. You just yeah. sort of go all over the place and do that. It, it was just, I thought, another interesting point along the timeline of the transition. Yeah. This is another, like, huge, quotes, benefit of using, like that electro-pop and, like, techno music in your game Mm -hmm. is because while the intent from the outset is to make a game that's easy to follow the beat, the far reaches of it are, like, the most insane, (laughs) complex, like, collections of notes imaginable... Once you get into, like, you move from Moby to Aphex Twin, and suddenly you just have, like... What you're looking at the game screen is just providing you with like no information at all. It's just like blazing. Oh yeah, arrows everywhere. You don't have the hardware necessary yet to process yeah. what's going on. <laughs> you just can't do it. It's interesting to see how music game fans, possibly because of those only earlier games setting this sort of expectation for difficulty, mm-hmm. will always do this to games even when they don't initially provide them. Um, the uh, the Elite Beat Agents, the game that I mentioned before, which is the other game that I got really, really into as a music game, um, was actually a U.S. port of uh, the Quaidon series, which mm-hmm. was like uh, two other games that had a much less hilarious premise, uh, but were also sort of DS-based touch-and-move games. Yeah. Uh, and after they uh, stopped making them, or at least stopped putting them to the U.S., I actually don't know if there's been more Quaidon games after EBA, but... Um, what exists now, and where tons of people uh, who were interested in the games in the way that I was back then do, 
uh, is they, they're just like websites, and I don't know the names of these games, but it's essentially the same interface as Elite Beat Agents, but play with a mouse and you're just clicking on things on a computer screen. Oh, it sounds so hard. It, of course it's hard, because that's the point. It's supposed to be hard. Okay. Because they were like, oh no, I've mastered this particular input method, at least, and no more being produced for the DS, right? <laughs> so people just did it in the easiest fashion they could, where they just superimposed anime people in the background, and there's right. kind of little balls, and you did all the clicks and the movements. Uh, and I didn't go that far because I really liked the tapping a lot. Yeah. So I sort of, I didn't move to that scene. Well, there's also the keyboard DDR game. Uh, what? I forget what it's called. DDR made a keyboard also? No, it wasn't a DDR licensed thing. Like okay. It was a, a fan-made, like it's a free-to-play type thing, like shareware. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a DDR clone that just had custom tracks, and they also devolved into that. I know I watched, <laughs> I watched somebody did um, like a showcase on Games Done Quick in, I want to say it was in 2016, so it was last year, mm -hmm. um, where they just played a couple of songs that were like the hardest songs at the hardest difficulty, <laughs> and like the guy is just like, because he's talking while he's doing it, and he's just like, oh no, at, at a certain point, like you don't even really look at the screen or care. <laughs> You just <laughs> it just like is a thing, you know. Meanwhile, his fingers are just like. <laughs> the video showed me where the, for the little thing, the input device that he had was literally bouncing under the force yeah, of his fingers. Yeah, and but it didn't look like he was exerting that much effort. <laughs> right, like right. he was just sort of like. But I guess his finger muscles are just like so strong <laughs> that they can like crush steel beams. Yeah, <laughs> like he had become the machine that he needed to to complete the activity. Exactly. Yeah. So th this like incredibly difficult, uh, like the furthest reaches of human attainability, <laughs> is for some reason a driving force in music games. I feel like it's for guitar and rock band to bring it back to the games we're actually talking about. <laughs> sort of stand out because they don't do that like the literally the hardest thing that we have access to is through the fire and flames yeah unless they one-upped it somehow because well, even those like uh ingve malmstein <laughs> songs in in rock band weren't through the fire and flames hard agreed that was the if there was something harder afterwards, then I'm certainly not aware of it. Uh, and even though the, a lot of the later games started to try and incorporate like custom song editor things, right? That's that's a whole other level when you can just sort of make whatever music you want. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're like, I was convinced that a lot of the times in later Guitar Hero games, they like, because I feel like there has to there's an algorithm that produces these tracks based on the masters. I actually, don't like, know. I don't know if somebody like sits there and is like, oh, note here, note here, yep, a couple of notes there. It's possible, but they produce, like, three songs a week they for, like, a long to, time. They have to do it on the lower difficulties. There has to be some human input there, because there's too much averaging. Because on yeah. the lower difficulties, you're not just translating what's going on into mm -hmm. the language of these games. You have to be like, oh, there's... Like, when I was playing drums on Medium earlier, there were times when I could hear, like, three distinct drum notes that were, like, summarized yeah. Yeah, into <laughs> one note that I was hitting. And that, I think, is something that's generally probably will require human input. Yeah. Like, some of the... Yeah, I agree. Some of the tracks really feel like a, like a human specifically, like, laid this out to mimic the feeling of the song. That's it, fair. Yeah. But you're right that given, like, the volume of work they had to do, whatever they were doing had to at least be easy. 
Yeah, there had to been something that was automated in the process to make it not a complete chore. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's the thing, like, I felt like some of the, like, because the, the user-created songs, people would just, like, put their, like, the heel of their hand on the guitar and just, like, run it back and forth <laughs> and just, like, generate a huge pile of notes. Yeah, yeah. And that isn't fun or interesting. But I feel like there's some people out there who are like, this is like the hardest song in the game. Just like, and they just play it. And it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the enjoyment of learning that. Yeah, because there's a separation there. Like, if you ever reach that point, you have to, because it's so far removed from the song and the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, even when you're doing, well, even when you're being the Through the Fire and the Flames guy, there is literally, like, a dramatic rock track in the background that's, like, providing the anthem of what's going on. Right? Like, it's, what you're doing is not just contextualized by you're pretending to be, like, this rock god, but you have these, like, visions in your head of, like, the crazy metal shit that you're doing. But when you reach the, like, I'm artificially creating literally just challenge without any, like, award or, or contextualization for that challenge, right. then you don't have, there's nothing to bridge the gap or make you feel cool. It's like, either, at that point, you're essentially just hammering away at a wall. Right, <laughs> it, it feels like it's almost kind of like speed running. It, it, it's like it's taking the game and just like embracing like the mechanics of it to just like do it as fast as you can yeah. or as the optimally as you can. Yeah, because you you just played the game so much, you're like, I'm just going to be perfect at this game. Yeah, you have to. What you're doing at that point isn't pretending to be a musician. Once you go even like into the custom made beyond stuff, what you're doing is like. Optimizing dexterity. Yeah, you're like a, a robot. Yeah, yeah. Back onto that though. We mentioned this earlier, and I was actually surprised. I didn't know about this. I didn't know like um, community uptake and popularity in between the instruments. I'm surprised that keyboard didn't catch on. I understand. Oh, I actually didn't even say anything about the keyboard. I just talking about the fact that nobody really got to the pro instrument. Like nobody tried pro instruments as like a. It wasn't a popular thing to do. Right. To like, get really good. At. It's probably. That was had to have been released like when these games were at like their lowest point. Yeah, it was 2011 with Rock Band Yeah, like no one cared anymore. Okay. Except for Chad. <laughs> Except for Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Keyboard I, really didn't sit right with me anyway because like it was a pro controller from the outset. It had the full keyboard, but you just, when you played regular, like when you played on expert, you used the middle five keys. Really, and it was weird. That is weird. Yeah. There's it's not even a whole octave. Yeah, because they had to translate it to five notes. Yeah. So it was a, uh, it was it was strange. It was really strange. So that is weird. I guess that makes sense. I I had never even played keyboard, so I didn't even know uh, how like how much they allowed the spacing. I guess considering that, especially when you're moving from like medium to hard, the hardest thing people generally get to learn is to learn to move their hands like one down and then return it to the proper position. Yeah. That problem multiplied by literally like 20 is... <laughs> <laughs> is a lot, yeah. yeah. And not only that, but keyboard suffered because not all songs supported the keyboard. Because, yeah. hey, not all songs have a keyboard in them. Yeah. Uh, it's harder to select They would have had to songs. do their own spin-off and had it be just keyboard hero, hero. Yeah. Or synth hero or whatever. Oh. <sighs> The, so oh, that they can have like, or at least like release like a download pack. Well, of, they like, did do that. They put they out did. like a, a after Rock Band Three release. They put out like a a track pack that was like, check out these songs. 
just for you keyboard plays. And then, like, three guys were like, yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> I'm waiting till now to get into this series. But, so, yeah. So, Chad. Yeah. How was DJ Hero? I like DJ Hero a lot, actually. Uh... But I didn't play it enough to get to the, like, mechanical mastery level that I achieved in, in the guitar games. Mm-hmm. And it is really hard if you don't know what you're doing. It is incredibly difficult. I've also played it, and it's really not my thing. I thought it was, like, pretty boring. But, like, it's, it's something that, like, I feel like I'm kind of surprised it isn't, like, a cult hit. Right. Like, I could see that, like, really appealing to, like, a niche group of people. Yeah. They, uh... I mean, it appeals to me in a certain way. The music is really what sold me on it. Because, like, something that you can't get in Rock Band is purely, like, produced hip-hop tracks. Mm-hmm. Because they don't make any sense when translated to guitar-based drums and vocals. Yeah. So, uh, DJ Hero was, like, an outlet to put out music that was in that genre and still, like, you know, have a game for it. But the thing, the problem with choosing the DJ setup that they did was that with DJ Hero, a lot of the scoring came down to, like, a weird systemization of how creative you were being. And there were things that you had to hit, like, you had to crossfade at the right time and hit, there were, like, buttons on the palette. But... There were sections that were, like, freestyle sections where you're supposed to, like, make the two songs just sound good together. And it kind of fails if you do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Unless you're an actual DJ. Well, it's like in in the, the guitar games when you hit like a when you're holding a note like a long note you can hit the whammy bar to like alter the tone which is like potentially an art like an opportunity to take an artistic license with music <laughs> but in reality it, it just increases your score if you're doing anything with the whammy bar it doesn't matter how fast you're hitting it or like if you're doing it in time with the music it's just if there are waves on the track you're getting slightly more points and that's kind of how the the freestyle sections of DJ Hero were treated, and I felt like it was not an ideal implementation. That makes sense. Good idea, kind of fa- fell a little bit short. Right. DJ Hero Two. I'm gonna say those words again. DJ Hero Two came with a CD that was a like a whole disc of remixes with Jay Z and Eminem, and it was actually really good. <laughs> Just as, like, a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Me neither. Just, like, a strange promotional tie-in. We'll let the listeners decide whether that fact is fun. Uh, oh, they'll know it's fun. It'll be more fun than Band Hero. <laughs> I've played it. Don't God. talk about it. No. <laughs> here. God, when did that one even come out? No, no. I'm not letting this happen. This is... Because I wasn't even, like, I was thinking about it the other day, and I couldn't remember if that was a real thing or not. Nope, fake. Never existed. Oh, okay. You could play as Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift was a playable character. I believe that. Yeah. 100%. And I hate it. It was was a fine game. It was just, it was just Rock Band, or rather, it was just Guitar Hero 5, but with pop music. 
You're putting me in a state of mourning here. It was it was good. I mean, it was as good as Guitar Hero Five. So if that says anything, <laughs> it does. It says lots. <laughs> you guys play Guitar Hero Aerosmith? I did. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. No. I liked one song. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the problem with Guitar Hero Aerosmith. Is I wanted to get all of the sweet chivas. But I hate arrows. <laughs> Dude, we're really going off track here. I know. We can go through one thing, which is that I, I think we surprisingly avoid avoided talking about so far. We haven't really discussed the spinoffs much, which is, I guess, a thing that didn't capture public attention, probably for good reason. But even up until like the death of this whole wave, there were always like the really narrow one-off games that started with the '80s set. And progressed into oh. like Aerosmith and all the specific the ones, rock band CDs. They always struck me as like really weird, like inclusions on the developers' part. The only ones that ever really made any kind of sense to me were the Rock the '80s because it just recycled the assets from two right. and like just put it out when it was at its most popular. Makes sense. And then like. The Beatles rock band. Like I'm if, glad if, you said that. If yeah. any band deserves to have like a tribute game, it's the Beatles. Yeah. But like after that, like Green Day, Metallica, Metallica, really. <laughs> well, uh, Aerosmith. I think that in okay, Aerosmith is way out. Um, <laughs> but I think that people would argue that Metallica, Green Day, and. I hesitate to put them in the same fucking category, but the Beatles <laughs> all are, like, prolific bands in their own right. Like, especially... Okay. They literally obviously the be prolific, of course. Right. But, like, Metallica is definitely up there. Green Day is the most questionable. Yes. Um, but even, like... Yeah, Green Day has an audience, which is, of course, the most important question when they were right. making the game. And that is one that I admit that I haven't played, even though I even played a little bit of Metallica. I think I rented Metallica at one mm-hmm. point. I okay. Here, the cool thing about is nothing. Uh, the, <laughs> the the Beatles rock band was in itself basically a totally new game. It is the rock band mechanics largely, with a few alterations, and like visuals, and it tells like the historic story of the Beatles, right. and came with new instruments that were Beatles style. And that was all cool. And the reason that it was created at all was because the Beatles famously don't license their music. They're just like, don't use it, stop, don't even try. And they allowed this to happen. And so they couldn't port the songs into Rock Band because of legal reasons. So the Beatles Rock Band as a package is a thing that just worked for Beatles fans who are also in the the genre, you know? Yeah, yeah. Grand Day Rock Band was a glorified track pack. Like, because you could import the songs into Rock Band 3. And so it didn't really matter that you got the the game as much as you could just download the songs. Uh, The biggest issue, of course, being that it included 21st Century Breakdown, which is a horrible album. And You're here. Yeah. Because, like, honest to God, the Green Day rock band was the one that I had the most fun with. <laughs> because I really like Green Day. Uh, because I'm a 16-year-old girl. Uh, That's true. No, it's okay. It's, they were, I think people underestimate the amount of men who liked Green Day. <laughs> well, and- I don't think, Green Day more traditionally liked by men than, like, 
My Chemical Romance or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. In that genre of like mid two thousands pop punk. I'm just doing my best to try and avoid historical distortion here. Okay, that's yeah, all. that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, I had as discussed before the cast as well. Fantastic memories with uh, the Guitar Hero greatest hits <laughs> at the back end of Guitar Hero's days. Yeah, uh, we were replaying that before coming here. Really, really puts into relief how much they just shat out a lot of those side games at the end there. Mm-hmm. Man, the animation quality on that was pretty abysmal. It's pretty bad. There weren't really anything in terms of menus. Like, you just sort of <laughs> started the game, and it would just, like, hear the songs in alphabetical order. Like, good luck. Yeah. And, yeah. And it included their half-assed song creator, and yep. that was it. Just ported straight It, it, it felt very soulless, for yeah. sure. It did. And Barack Band never lost its soul, and that's good. Yeah. Well, it lost, I mean, it just died. Right, but yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make you soulless. Right, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it lost its soul. It depends on your interpretation of the soul. soul left its, left its body and went to rock heaven. To Valhalla. And then came back to release Rock Band 4. Right, and yes. it was like, oops, sorry. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to ask about is that uh, I, we so hadn't really addressed uh, the, like, the Revenant style revival. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we haven't played it. I feel like True. we've treated this this episode, I think, appropriately as a retrospective on a series that has ended. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my reaction to the Guitar Hero Live trailer w- was just, like, disbelief <laughs> and, like, making fun of it endlessly afterwards. I had similar facial expressions when watching that trailer at specific moments when it was actually revealed to be a Guitar Hero trailer to, like, seeing photographs of war scenes. Like, there was... (laughs) (laughs) It was dark. (laughs) Yeah, the initial, like... Like, because it came on. Like, I think you showed it to me. Oh, yeah. I, I was I was the guy who was first aware of this, thanks again to Joystick, and w- was marketing it to everyone at the time. And I, this was an unbelievably real thing. Because they thought, like, they were so tone deaf at the time when the trailer came out that they thought that it was going to be like a, like a surprise revival. Like, everyone was going to be, like, shocked and excited that this live-action FMV video trailer that had been playing for, like, a minute and a half before was like, oh, no, it's actually Guitar Hero when the little thing just pops up on the screen because like yeah i i can't remember like if you told me it was like a trailer or if you were just like watch this video i was i i cold opened you to it yeah and i was like is this gonna be gameplay (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and it is this so weird i now not to this extreme but activision and eversoft have been putting their feet in their mouths for years and years on this kind of a shit, where they just take a bad idea and just put it out the door. Because, like, Tony Hawk Ride... Oh, on the Wii? <laughs> yeah, who wants oh. a ball of the plastic skateboard game? <laughs> like... At least that they did that at the height of, like, Wii peripheral bullshit. That's true, but they did not do it notably at the height of Tony Hawk games. Oh, not Those even have died. Yeah. And it's the same issue here, really. Nobody had a fucking plastic guitar for a PlayStation 4 yet, and they were like, let's ship it with a dumb thing. 
That's how we're going to get plastic guitars back into people's homes. Well, what was the dumb thing? With, with Guitar Hero Live. Oh, oh, the because game was the dumb thing. Yeah, because <laughs> presumably they would want to then franchise it, like continue making more Guitar Hero games mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just going to be another instance of a game that comes out with a high concept and zero execution and just doesn't and do well. It's just going to be like a skid mark. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gaming history. Even if the gameplay is the same as it was before and therefore good, you can still just play those yeah. older games. No one's going to care. Yeah, about like what's going on in the background. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Oakland this week. <laughs> what are we talking about next time? Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about Metroid Fusion. Woo! If you want to get all of us... Um, I'm going to attempt to streamline this section. So Ooh, I'm oh just going to say, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on noclippodcast.com. You can find our email and our Twitter. And please leave us a rating or review. Tell a friend about us. We don't really do any advertising. Because <laughs> when we tried, we did it badly. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. And they will continue to remain silent as ever. I hope not. Just, you know, get it all up in there. Just. <laughs> in my mind, this is like a live news moment where you're trying to get Andy's perspective on the cabbage he's Come eating. On. What's so good? In retrospect, maybe I should have immediately offered you a spring roll at the start of the podcast. <laughs>